to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Christian. So I say, I'm not a Christian. They go, but wait, I thought you were Jesus. I'm a kingdom person. I'm about the kingdom of God. And I mean the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't be a Christian because Christians always try to change the word. Christians don't read their Bibles. Christians don't pray. Christians sound just like everybody else in the workplace. Christians walk and they say, do whatever. They do whatever else the world does. They agree with the world. And I say, I'm not a Christian. I'm kingdom because our kingdom stands. Christianity does not stand. Kingdom stands. Kingdom of God stands. He backs it. He backs his word. When he says it, he means it. It's already done. So whatever it is that you are dealing with, that you say, God, you gave me a promise about this. You hold on that because if he said it, it's done. He didn't just say my promises. Yes. And amen. And make you feel good. He's saying my promises are yes. And amen. So whatever promise that you need, get it from the word of God and stand on it and start thanking him that it's already come to pass. Because I don't know any battle the Lord has come against that he has not won. If anything is coming against you or your family, it's not against you personally. It's against God. So I'm like, God, you got to take care of this because the battle ain't against me. It's against you. So it's time for us to take our stand as kingdom women, kingdom believers, not Christians. So I do, I, I, I challenge each and every one of you. And people go, hey, are you a Christian? No. See the reaction. No. Wait, what? Nope. Kingdom. Let me tell you, the last several weeks I started in my new position as a therapist. And when I tell you, they tell you that you're not supposed to hug people. Don't touch them. They can't touch you. When I tell you I've seen probably, what is it, like maybe like 20 people, maybe between five to seven wanted to hug me at the end of the, the session. And I'm like this. You know, you like don't want to touch them. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, I don't care. You know, so I do. I will hug them because I'm like, they, they don't know exactly what it is. But I'm like, it's the anointing. I'm laying hands. I'm breaking stuff off. So I'm like, you want, you want me, you coming to, they coming to hug me. I'm like, all right. Jesus. And I start praying. All they don't know. The Lord showed me. I'm undercover up in there. I'll undercover, I'll be undercover sniper, what you need me to do, I'll pull out this nine millimeter of the word of God on somebody and start firing shots. I'm like, devil? Let me tell you real quick what the devil tried on my first day. First day, I had five clients, three of them were all manic. And if you don't know what manic is, that means they were like out of it. And I'm like, if this is what this is going to be, Lord, I don't think I'm doing this. Because <laughs> when I say a lady was telling me she's the, the wife of Jesus, um, her she she can't take any medication because the government's trying to silence their story. Uh, one lady saying, do you hear doors close at night at your house? Did you hear? And I'm like, what is this? So I'm like, am I supposed to be in here doing deliverance all day on people or what's happening? You know, and I go out and, the, and my fellow colleagues are like, this has never happened. That people have had man, like, this has never happened. And I said, oh, okay. The devil thinks he's slick. Let me send her the most 
out there, people, so she can want to quit because, you know what, he may be dumb, but he also knows what's about to happen to his kingdom with me being in that place because there's not many kingdom be, uh, believers that are therapists. So I say, okay, Lord, yeah, I know the natural part, but I'm doing spiritual. That's first and foremost. That's kingdom. Spiritual first, and then what the book learning stuff that I learned. Because what's going to break things in their life is spiritual. Not the word of some book from Freud or anybody like that. It's Jesus. It's not Muhammad. It's Jesus. It's not Buddha. It's Jesus. Yoga's not giving you peace. Jesus gives you peace. I wasn't supposed to even come up here and talk. Can I have my panel real quick? Can y'all give just a few minutes? We're gonna ask just a few questions because I, I was saying a panel and then I got my girl here, Elodie. Can we thank Elodie for, she's starting to business doing video. That's my girl. I met her at my old job. <laughs> she was in my, my office and we're talking. I was like, wait, you, you a believer too? Yeah, and I'm like, what? And then that did it for us. Then we were like sisters. Can we thank Claudia Maria for the food? Thank y'all. Maria saying she didn't do none. Maria was support for Claudia. <laughs> Emotional support. So that's what she was. Who else I got to thank? Thank you all for just being here and coming and for just hearing, you know, how the Holy Spirit just said move and you guys didn't get mad at Leaf. So thank you for that. But Lulu, Becky, Heather, Zimi. Who am I missing? Who am I? Where's Charlene? she in the bathroom? Okay, who am I missing? Becky, Becky, and Charlena. We'll just do a couple, cause I just I just want you to get a look. Come on, Charlena. That's my girl. We'll do a few, and if you if you have to leave, I totally understand. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Is there anything I'm forgetting? No, I, I think Claudia now. I think Elodie. Whatever. I'm going to go with the flow of this. <laughs> Hello. Hi, hi, everyone. Okay, what I'm going to do is have them just introduce themselves to you really quickly. Hey, Lissy. That is... Z, oh, Tazleem's, I gotta say her name, Tazleem's boyfriend's mom. Can we welcome Lizzie? All the way from West Palm Beach. She wanted to wear so bad. She came from West Palm, y'all. Right. Right. She loving the Lord. She has three boys. They all served in the military. Look, bless her. She got three boys. She raised them so good. I told her when I met her son, David, that I was trying to find bad stuff about him. Because <laughs> how many knows when it's your mama and it's a baby? And I'm like this, who is he? Let me see. He, I don't think I like him. What about this? You know, I'm trying to make up stuff. And the Lord's like, stop it. So I even told him, I said, David, I really don't want to like you. But I do. Like, I love you, David. Like, I love you, David. Like, he, he's my son. I can call him that now. And he's so funny. I'll just say this real quick. He, he comes over and he'll wash dishes. And I'm like, David, sit down. Don't wash dishes. So I had to send a little note to the whole family a text. And I was like, hey, when you wash dishes, do this. And I was like, shoot, I should have put David in the text because he part of the family to do dishes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so bad. Okay, so we'll just go 
introduce yourselves, give yourselves a little background, whatever you want to share. And then perhaps like the verse that has been like your life verse or verse that really speaks to you. Okay. Who wants to start? Lulu, you in the middle. Sorry. Cause <laughs> Hello, Kingdom Recovery and Coffee with Christ, and it's a a, a a ministry birthed out of our citizenship kingdom teachings here, that God has grown and expanded the kingdom out in different territories. We're in jails now, and um, rehabs, and on Zoom, and it's all due to the seed that was planted in me and when I came into Christianity supposedly because I was acting like a fool like just somebody that, oh Jesus I was excited but slowly the seed started to grow and you know I'm 10 years in and um the tree is ripe and ready to be picked and 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 shared with others and we have a nice group and some of them are here and we're just grateful can you use that? Oh, oh, wait. And, oh, and I like uh, Romans 12, too. Renewing the mind is really important. So I, I just, that's really our core thing. The kingdom mentality is what we talk about, okay? It's kingdom-mindedness, not just being a Christian, part of anything. And I do want to share that there are no members in citizenship. You're either a citizen, and you could be members of clubs, but we're not a club. We're the kingdom. We're, we're a place. Okay, um, I'm Tazleen. Um, I'm her daughter. That's Yay, that's my baby girl. I wasn't going to so, say anything, but. Yes, I, <laughs> I love Jesus. Um, I'm studying for my master's degree in biomedical sciences. And I would say my life first ever since I started studying at the University of Florida. I um, dealt with some like health battles. And what always stood with me was Romans 8.18, which states, The sufferings of this present world cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us and through us. So I say that even though like I deal with like health battles, I know that I'll be completely healed and redeemed and and I have the victory and even like when I when I go to heaven, I know I'll be completely healed and with Jesus at peace. Yeah, see my baby quoting the word. <laughs> Jesus. Um, hi, I'm Becky. I'm I'm actually Pastor Tom's wife. Um, and, and she's the pastor. <laughs> she don't like to say it, but there. Listen, I will stick talking about that. What was I talking, Lorna? I was like, "There's no, there's no first ladies and second and third ladies in the word." If you a pa if you're husband, you're married to a pastor, you just a pastor. Even if you like it or not, like you're a pastor. She is. She ministers to kids, women. I'm sorry, I interrupted. But I just wanted to say that she, yeah, she's Pastor Tom's wife. However, Becky, ha Pastor Becky, has her own call and assignment on her life. Okay, Becky, sorry. <laughs> And I realize that, you know, um, I like one-on-one -on -one with people yeah. because I feel like I'm trying to, to um, adjust to their needs or their prayers and their, but I do intercede for, yeah. for all of you. Um, but I, my heart is sometimes I get to know one-on-one -on -one and I can pull out and know what to intercede for people sometimes and if they have a problem. And I love um, 
I love seeing victory in people's lives, and I love people yeah. happy with with their life and Jesus and and what they're and I love them when they're they they got the go go change the world. You know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> What's your verse, Becky? What's your verse? There's so many, but uh, I guess uh, Third John one uh, two is I wish above all things that you prosper, yeah, be in health as your soul prospers. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm Charlena, and uh, my verse that um, or wait, should I say something else first? Um, my name is Charlena. I have seven beautiful kids. Yay! Glad it's Charlena. <laughs> I didn't have to birth all seven. I only had to birth five. <laughs> I call those my bonus babies because I didn't have to put in all the hard work, but I get to pour in the love. And so, um, um, me and my husband been together for 13 years, and we've been married for 11. He's a wonderful man. He has pushed me. He pushes me after God. And he makes me stand on the word. And he won't give in to anything other than. So he's... I don't know where this woman from. Okay. He's programmed, when we first got together, Christian channels on my radio I didn't even know of. I was saved, but he knew more than I did. And he's pushed me, and he's loved me all the way to where I am. So I got to honor him in that for having a strong man who won't bow down to my tears, who won't bow down to what I'm feeling in my body. He stands and he makes me stand Amen. on the word. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good man. <laughs> Thank you, Barb. <laughs> Barb is his mother. <laughs> um, but I'm a Sunday school teacher here in the front with the kids, and I love to teach the word. And I also homeschool my kids, so I get to teach the word every day to them. I teach them the Bible every day. I get to come here and fill the children with the word of God and everybody else when I get the opportunity. So, And my verse um, that I have that was on my mirror and something that you have to walk it out is Luke 1, 45. And it is blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And, I, you know, that's, you guys have seen me walk through what I thought God was promising me in my life here. And those two beautiful girls back there, even though I thought they were coming together, I had women that I did not know were interceding for me and standing in the gap when they weren't coming together, but I still believed, and there they are. They didn't come in the same time, but they 
were there and they were a promise from God. So when you believe something, God gives you a word, you got to stand on it no matter what it looks like, no matter how it comes, no matter what you're like, I don't understand. you got to hold on to his promise because it does come to pass. Amen. Amen. All right, my name is Heather, and um, I'm in, well, I've been in with the church for a long time, and I'm in a similar situation as Latasha, because I'm a teacher, and, you know, we're not supposed to hug our students. We're not supposed to do a lot of things, so um, I had the honor, I guess you could say, of helping some of my former students yesterday, and they actually reached out to me for help, and it was, and they came in my room, and they're like, it's so cozy in here. I feel so comfortable. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I had been prayed up because I was in kingdom recovery in the morning when I'm at work because, you know, I don't have a very busy schedule anymore, praise God. And it just felt so good. And I know that that's where God's called me to be. I'm also, I have five children. One of my daughters sitting back there, my third child. And then also um, my husband and I, we do the couples ministry and um, my favorite verse, I have a lot. God's moved me through verses in different seasons of my life. Right now, I'd say it's Ephesians 6.12, I think, the one where you put on your armor, because it does renew my mind. It kind of covers all the bases, and I do it for my children. I step in for them, too. So that's it. And I, and I just want to say the other thing is, and I, I stress this a lot in our groups and when I work with people, that the kingdom first, seek the kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be added. If that's the only scripture we can remember or walk away with here, that's a really, that's the key. That's the, the, the foundation of everything, right? Thank you, Lulu. And I am Latasha, Pastor Latasha, Pastor Tosh, PT2, whatever we wanna. <laughs> I'm having a text with that PT2, I'm like, what? Oh, that's right, Tosh with a T. I'm a little slow sometime. Listen, um, I am, I've been married to Pastor Ben, associate pastors here, for Shazi's 20, 28, 29 years. How old are you going to be? 28? 29 years. Listen, once you pass 10 or 15, you start losing count. Like, I, 29 years? 29 years. I've been with him for 31, so I've been with him since I was a teenager. Yes. I had told him before I'm going to leave him, he said he's going to follow me. So I can't even leave him. <laughs> can't do anything. Um, I'm also, as you see, I lead the women's ministry here as well and whatever else the Lord wants us to do. Um, we've been associate pastors here for, I'm not good at, with the date, sorry, 10, 4, I don't know. You've been here since 10 years? So I've been here yet yeah, long enough. Who said that? Thank you. Because I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I look at, based on everyone. I think Shazi Zimi was 10. Tazlin was 10 and Shazi was 12. And now they're in their 20s. And I'm only 35. But no, I say I told everybody, I, yeah, I turned 50. So anyway, <laughs> my life verse, I, I have to read it because it's long. I know it, but I just read it. It's in Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10. Then the Lord put, I'm going to do the Amplified. Then the Lord put forth his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out, pull down, destroy, to overthrow, and to build and to plant. Because he's called me to be a very prophetic, and I'm moving into the prophet part because he's been speaking to me about that. Um, so that's where I'm at, okay? Um, so thank you all, ladies, for being on the panel. I know a lot of times I just went to them and said, hey, can you be on the panel in a week? Or, like, 
I need you on panel and it's in three hours. I don't know, but thank you guys for doing it. Um, I'm going to get some questions here. And like I say, just whoever wants to answer it, answer it. Do it in like two minutes. If you want to add to it, so don't, we're, not, we're not religious. If it's two minutes, Lulu goes two minutes, and Charlene go, hey, I got some to add. Add it, because what you guys will say will bless the people. And I know when the Lord had me start um, this ministry, he was telling me to raise up women. So that's why I don't do the preaching every time, because the Lord knows there's gifts and talents in each and every one of you that God is calling you to. So we're going to start. with That's Pastor Tom with the, the um, Listen to the Holy Ghost raised me up when I wasn't thinking about preaching. And he was obedient to speaking to my life and said, you're called to preach when I thought my husband was the only one called to preach. And I was comfortable with that. But how many know the Lord always moves us out of a comfortable yeah. zone and put you somewhere else? And you're like, what? It's okay. So he spoke into my life about preaching, did that. And then I remember the time when we went to TBN and he said, you're going to preach in TBN. And I'm like, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I wasn't ready. But I was ready. So I want to tell you that when you think that you're not ready to do something, God already knows that you're ready. Okay. All right, that's my little spiel. Okay, so what is the best, his question one, what is the best way to pray for your unsaved children? Some resources, teachings, teaching lessons, books, etc. What's the best way to pray for unsaved children? It could be younger or adults. <laughs> um. All my children are saved, but the power of prayer, my mom, I prayed for my mom. When I, I got saved when I was 10, she didn't think, you know, she thought something was out there. She wasn't sure. And my heart's desire was for her to be saved because I didn't want my mom to go to hell. And so I'd pray for her. And I didn't know until I was in my 30s, which I still am. <laughs> <laughs> early 30s anyway <laughs> that um <laughs> that she actually got saved and that we can now talk about the lord with each other so even though it may look like that you know they're not heading in that direction i know that the power of prayer through love because that's love prayer is love god revealed that to me when you pray for somebody it's love and love never fails and so when you pray god knows your heart and don't take the burden on yourself that you have to do it because god loves that person and that individual person he's after and god will send you know you can pray for him to send people their direction you know to speak to them to soften their hearts but pray for their salvation, and I've seen it happen in my own life. It seemed like it took forever, but it did actually happen. Okay, so um, I didn't know what Christianity was, and I actually had to go to a psychiatrist when I started to hear God, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So I raised three children in the world, world mentality. And it was Catholic, very religious, and not relationship with God. And when I got saved, the whole family thought I was crazy, right? But I believed the word that me and my, my family, my children and their children are saved. And I stay on that. And they're saved today, not because of anything that I said to them. Because like you said, I prayed. It was the way my lifestyle changed. That they felt the love when they used to come, when they would come in the beginning, you know, um, they would 
feel the shift, the difference, the atmosphere of love. When love lives in us, he comes out of us and he spreads himself on others, right? And then when their circumstances happen, they would see the stability and the changes in my life. So it was a lifestyle of love that drew them into me Amen. to ask them, to ask me to call mom, to ask mom, you know, um, questions in their life. And then they're all saved today. Praise the Lord. And then I had opportunity to say, do you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord? But I didn't do it right away. I did like what you said, Charlena, you know, just changed who I was in Christ. And if you're looking for resources, I remember a while ago was a, was her name Stormy O'Martian? She has like a book of prayers as a mom that you can um, look up and just say the prayers for your children from there. Okay, next one. Let me, I got one right here. Let's, let's get, let's dive in a little bit. How have you responded to je jealousy over the years? And have you ever been jealous of someone else? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Listen. Okay, let me say something real quick. I And I won't say I was jealous, but I know when I started coming here, it was a certain um, young lady who was preaching, like the fire of God. And I was like, I want that. Why can't I have what she has? You know, and the Lord started dealing with me with that. was like, you go, You have what I give you, and she has what I've given her. Because when you see something, I think we're all drawn to the anointing on someone's life, which I know the enemy will put that like that's jealousy. However, it's like you want what they have, in a sense. And that's what I wanted, what she had. And that's why the Lord had to deal with me. You already have what I gave you. So that's how I dealt it. I, I check myself all the time. Anytime I'm dealing with something, I check my, the Holy Spirit checks me and I allow him to check me. I choose to allow him to check me. Because I think the Holy Spirit speaks to a lot of us and we choose to ignore it. But it's definitely time for us to choose to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and be obedient to that. Ladies, anybody want to jump on the jealousy tip? Okay. So I remember doing the Bible study on Lisa Bevere. Oftentimes, um, when we're jealous of someone, it's because we're comparing ourselves with somebody and yep. we should not be doing that. And then we just, that's renewing our mind daily because we yep. need to remember who we are in Christ. And that's where it comes from. Yep. That's why I wanted to be, what's her name? I was like, I want to be, <laughs> I was comparing myself. We as women, we try to, we tend to do that sometimes. We want to be as women. Get the mic, get the mic. We, we got Sometimes. We're recording, so that's why I made her. Get the mic, get the oh. mic. We're recording. Go. But as women, we we kind of want to be a little of everything. You know, mm -hmm. we want to be, we want it all, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes God hasn't gave us all those gifts. So we need to just encourage ourselves in the gifts that he has given us. Right. And to, 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 because I feel like sometimes we're like, we're trying to do this. And we, I mean, we have like 10 hats. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what hat did you call me to do? Yep, today. Today, yes. Good one, Becky. Oh, I thought you had something. I'm waiting. Okay. All right, here's one. Um, how do you overcome pain in your heart from people who, um, who you love? Wait, I'm sorry. How do you overcome pain in your, in your heart from people who I think value from hurting you i'm sorry whoever wrote that basically how do you overcome hurt from people that you love so you love someone they hurt you how do you overcome that 
My best advice, because I've lived it, um, is to be in the Word and to spend time with God. Because you can't control what that other person's doing. And you're, you can't control how bad of a day they had or whatever made them angry or whatever set them off. I mean, if you did it, then apologize. But, you know, a lot of times people come at you with things that they're dealing with that have nothing to do with you, but you're the target. You're the easy target to take it out on. But when you're full of the word of God and you don't allow them to become your God and control and mandate your own feelings or take on, well, this is who you are, so then you take on to that identity or you're this or you're that, whatever hurt it may be, that's putting them in a position they shouldn't be in. And I've done that. Okay, but when you allow God to be your identity, when they come at you with those fiery darts, literally it'll bounce right off of you. And then you can come at it in a different way. Forgive them, pray for them, still love them. That's what the armor is. The armor of God is the word of God. Each piece of it has a purpose. We have our shield. We have our sword to use our mouth. We have everything that we need, but we got to be in the word. And we can't allow them to have that much control over us, if that makes any sense. Okay? Because, you know, if we do that, if we put them in a higher place, they should not be in. And we're here, level. And God tells you who you are. And he'll lead you and guide you. And you are perfect. You make mistake, apologize if it was you. If not. Now we talk. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, and for those who are not listening or missed that because I didn't give Pamela the mic, sorry, girl, I should have. Um, she, no, she was saying it's true. You have to have forgiveness for the person who hurt you first and foremost. You have to do that to let that go, and sometimes it's hard to do that, so you process. Hey, my therapist stuff, going to process it. Uh, <laughs> but you, you sit in it, but you, you got to be very real with yourself and forgive them. And then you're able to go ahead, as Charlene has said, with the um, armor and things like that, right? One thing that God told me, sorry, is when I dealt with a really serious, difficult pain, the, his exact words were straight out of Scripture. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because they don't understand. They really don't realize. And we treat them like a sick like a sick person. I was sick, you know, and, and also whenever there's ought and God has Scripture on ought, we have to make it right because I'm keeping myself from the sunlight. Unforgiveness keeps us from the light of God. And it's not the other person. When we release the other person, then God can do something about the justice. As I'm holding on to unforgiveness, I'm being God. I'm, I'm making justice. I'm justifying why I should be angry at that person 
or why that person deserves something. Or I, so if I start praying in love and change my heart, it's, my, it's a heart matter, and God wants to work in me. It's only a, a sign that hurt people hurt. So I have to pray for that person and what it is that how they hurt me, pray that they get free from that. It's, a, it's demonic. It's a spirit of whatever it is. It could be jealousy. It could be um, fear or whatever. I have a short testimony. I think I shared this with you. Um, so it was Thursday. I had to go to a meeting um, at my district. And one of the ladies that was there, and I've been in the district for 18 years, so I know a lot of people. My kids have gone through the schools. One of the ladies that just got a position that I actually applied for as well, um, she got it over me. And they asked me to apply, but I'm not jealous. I promise. <laughs> um, she was my son's fifth grade teacher. She was great with him. And I was her daughter's fifth grade teacher. About halfway through the year, she took her daughter out of my room, and it was a gifted class. And um, I don't know, it was something along the terms. There was a couple things going on because there was a co-teacher I was supposed to have, and the co-teachers kept quitting. So that was one of the reasons. The other reason was because she felt like um, I wasn't giving her the support that she needed in math. So... On Thursday, our whole day was about productive struggle in math and allowing your students to struggle. And I thought to myself, every time she'd come close to our group and lead the discussion, and I had something to say, she was like nodding her head yes. And I thought, how fitting that she would be leading this group. Mm -hmm. And because that's my whole approach to teaching. And um, I realized when I was thinking these thoughts that I was walking in unforgiveness with her. And five years, it's been five years. Her daughter's in 10th grade now. This was fifth grade. And um, so I said, Lord, I don't want to walk in this unforgiveness, and I don't want to walk in offense. And I said, Lord, I forgive her right now, even if I don't feel like it. Um, couple hours later, and now we have been seeing each other all day. Couple hours later, she came up to me, and she literally said, I am sorry for pulling my daughter out of your class. Little thing. I mean, these are just little things. It's like, this doesn't normally happen. But she apologized, said she's sorry for pulling her daughter out of my class, that she was mama bear, she was trying to be protective, and she didn't understand the approach I was taking, and, and now she does. And I was just like, show me pictures of your daughter. I've been wondering how she's been doing. And then she's asking me about my son, and we were able to show pictures, and it was just amazing testimony. She is a Christian, but we were both walking in a fence. Yeah. That part right there is people who are believers walking in the fence. Just like, I'm not going to say it. So anyway, um, I was going to mention something, but we'll do it later. Holy Ghost just said shut up. So um, <laughs> here's one, because we ain't religious people, okay? So we all hear about read the word, read the word, stay on fire for God, stay on fire for God. But how? Like, we're busy, Okay. We all got lives. We got kids. We got husbands. We just got lives. When do we have time? And then how we keep the fire burning when we feeling burnt out? Ladies, who got some? Who got? <laughs> um, I stay very connected with the Lord throughout the day. Um, how you do that? Right up here. So you think about the Lord. I'm talking to him because he knows our thoughts. Scripture tells us that he knows our thoughts. So I know that when I'm speaking to him, like when you're reading the word to yourself, I talk to him throughout the day. Um, and when I go to the bathroom, 
Okay, I'm a mom. I'm busy. Plus, I help my husband do all kinds of stuff. I'm slammed. But I try to make, you know, every time I'm struggling with something, I don't wait. Okay, and this is what God revealed to me. That um, Pharaoh, when Moses came to get the Israelites out of Egypt, out of Pharaoh's control and bring them to the promised land, Pharaoh wanted to wait to the next day to handle the situation that was there while everybody's suffering, you know? Oh, tomorrow. When do you want me to get rid of the frogs? Tomorrow. When do you want me to get rid of this? Tomorrow. We tend to put everything off to later on when I get to pray tonight before I go to bed or when I get five minutes after dinner, I'm going to do this, and we never do it. So God had revealed to me, and then he had to show me I was really doing that, putting off, putting it off. I deal with whatever I'm dealing with right then and there. If it's a wrong thought, I deal with it right then and there. Even if I have to stop and just say a little whisper, say it to God in my mind, I'm dealing with it right then and there. It doesn't matter. The longer you wait, the things start to take root, depending on what you're thinking of, depending on what you're going through, the more you meditate on it. All of those things can start to become a stronghold if you don't deal with it right then and there. I would say you have to like make spending time with God a priority. Mm -hmm. You can always say, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do that. Just like you eat and feed your body, you have to eat dinner, breakfast, whatever. You have to also feed your spirit with the word. Aww. Yes, there, baby. I know this is crazy. I'm just smiling. Can I just say one? Okay. If we are feeling burnt out yeah. or overwhelmed, it's yeah. because we're not in him. Because he's not. His yoke is easy. So that's a, That's just a sign and a symptom that that might be an area of my life where I need to invite him and let the Holy Spirit walk in step with the Holy Spirit so that I can follow Christ, you know, Jesus Christ. And so I would get scriptures maybe in that area. If you're feeling weary or tired or overwhelmed that's not of God so we need to put God in those areas so maybe there's three I tell sometimes people just get three scriptures that relate to that situation and say them over and over again and eventually you're thinking about them you're saying them everything around you is about them you're like wait a minute that song just said that you know what I'm saying so everything even your kid will say something like the scripture and you're like what because the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you and wants your 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 walk to be light not bird i'll definitely have to piggyback off of that because i realized that when i like had like a shortage in my reading of the word and spending time with god i started feeling like burnt out like you said and like depressed or like like just upset and i was just like wait i haven't read my bible or spoke to god today i'm like that's why it's like you really have to like stay plugged in for you to like continue to go like through life and everything. That's good. You guys. First thing in the morning. Can I say Okay. There you go. Yeah, you do. You have to, it's just like they're saying, you have to make it a priority. And if you're spending 10 minutes with the Lord, okay, you can get 10 minutes of power, but um, don't make it, don't feel guilty. 
just just make it a priority and build on that 10 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes as I say make a goal but don't make the goal where you know you're not going to do it see I know I'm not going to exercise in the morning uh, as he's like telling me, come on, mom, we got exercise in the morning. I said, I have a tough time getting up in the morning and read the word. That's just the truth. I Listen, I, I can't do it. So like, I got to exercise it at night, you know, and I, I read my word like that. So, yeah, I get up, I read my word, I have my Bible app going and stuff like that. But then I also stay in the word later, you know, but you have to make it a priority. Your life that you're living right now is because of the choices that you have made. No guilt or condemnation on it. When you see you need to switch some things up, switch it up and then keep it moving. Okay, because this is the time and days we're in right now. You don't have time for the guilt or the combination on yourself or listen to the enemy. Just put some more time in it. Spend some time with the father. He's spending time with you. He's speaking to you and keep it moving. Okay. And, and let me just say you can start your day right where you're at. If you're in a situation, seek the kingdom first and his righteousness. So if that could happen at six o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon. Anytime. You just stop like Latasha Lata was saying and start it at that moment. And let me seek the kingdom first. And pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, pray in the Holy Ghost. Give Becky. Energizes me and it gets me off of my yeah. thinking. Yep. It um so sometimes if it's a big problem that somebody has or even I'm confused with or whatever, yeah. praying in the Holy Ghost gives me the energy and then I stop and then it seems like he'll give me that answer yeah. instead mm -hmm. of me trying to trying to search and search and he sometimes you don't want to search in the bible let's just keep it real right now you're like i don't want to look in the word i, I just i don't want to <laughs> like but you start praying the holy ghost because you're building yourself up in your in your most holy in your faith then you're gonna be like okay thank you lord for the supernatural wisdom thank you for the knowledge that you just gave me so that you can go forward in the day of whatever is happening okay got? real quick i feel like i have to share this too as it becomes a daily thing, it it's almost like if you don't eat, you have to do it. If you, yeah. It becomes more than just a ritual. It becomes like a part of you. And mm -hmm. if you don't do it, you feel this desire to do it. Yeah. So, Here's one question. Do you have honest female relationships, sisterhood in Christ? Do you have honest female relationships? Say again. Yeah. Yes, we're very yeah. transparent. Um, I know my, the groups that, well, you know, God tells us that we need to seek um, also like-minded, yoke people. If I'm going to hang around with people that don't think like me and walk like me and talk like me, I'm going to feel not connected. So it's my job to seek the people and surround myself around people like-minded, Christ-minded, kingdom citizens, and then I always feel connected, even when some, we don't always have to agree on something at the same time, mm -mm. but we have to love each other through it. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing. Like sometimes, I, you know, some people, everybody has, we all have the same measure, but sometimes our walk is a little not, not in certain things yet. We all have it though, we all have it. And we have to be patient and tolerant. And the more transparent we are with ourselves, God, and another human being, the closer connected we are. To each other so okay I'm gonna add this because it's funny and, and looking through the word this morning before I came here the Lord showed me in Luke 5 really I'm trying to get to it 17 through 20 because we're talking about honest relationships and who you're around I know it's so bad right I'm a receiver 
Listen, I have 2020 vision, but when it just yeah. comes to the reading part, it just okay. Okay, Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus and when he saw their faith he said unto to him man thy sins are forgiving forgiven thee the Lord was just showing me about as far as who you are who you have around you you need some people in your life that's going to be like the men who said listen I got to get my friend you know in here because I know Jesus got the deliverance from and the healing and they went through the roof they willing to climb up on the building to get their they brother in to get healing you need to have women in your corner who are honest who knows how to pray and can speak truth into your life that can get you the healing and deliverance you don't have to be friends just because people are believers with everybody so let's get that out the, let's get that out there because we feel oh I'm, I, I gotta be in Christ I'm a believer I gotta be friends with everybody you don't okay that's falsehood you need some good people, women, okay, I say that, don't be around with these men, but women who can pray you through some stuff and can speak into your life. And women, receive the correction. Amen. It's not that we're trying to say things to you nasty because we this and that. No, it's just that what is the correction is coming forth so that you can get forth in the next thing that God has for you so you don't have to keep walking in the same thing and doing the same circles. So have women around you who you allow to speak to you in love correct you and just encourage you too. not just all this correction but encourage you in your walk so have people like them climbing the building putting their friend and busting a hole through the ceiling to get their friend in there to say listen you ain't staying here so any of my friends you know if you down and you dealing with something i'm not coming in the pit with you i will put my arm down there to raise you back up that's it i also had to say like you just have to make sure like and check and evaluate your relationships and say, is this person really bringing me closer to Christ? Right. Just like if, if they're not, if they're like doing actions that, you know, do not line up with the word, you just ha have to cut them out of your life. Like I had this one friend that was always speaking negatively. She was always so negative and just not in the word at all. And I was just like, God, I can't do this anymore. So I just had to let her go and just um, pour like, um, what is the word? Basically, um, just spend time with people who um, spend time with Christ and are aligned with the word in Christ because these are the people that are, like you said, are going to have your back when times get tough or if time gets tough. And you just have to make sure that they are leading you to Christ and not away from him. Amen. Okay, here's one. Somebody said, let's talk about sex in the church. Single women, why they think it's okay. Also, Self, <laughs> any kids in here? <laughs> they probably know what this is. I'm glad they said it like this. Self-stimulation. It's impure. Why do people think it's okay? You got something? Okay, go. I know Lulu got something. 
<laughs> okay, so I understand now why God wants us to wait for marriage. Okay, and I've had two children out of wedlock, so I understand the difference between waiting and prior and, you know, and it, it, it really is something that if you can wait, please do so. And really, it's the flesh, insecurity, thinking you have to keep that man, okay? And uh, you think that you have to give yourself to keep them, then they won't respect you. Your, your body is not an object to be had. Okay, and if when we grow up like that, us girls think we have to wear short shorts, we got to be all cute and oh, 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 and all this stuff. And you know what? I want a guy who's going to look at me without makeup on, which I have. Hey. He, you know, he can't tell when I wear makeup or when I don't. He says I look the same. I'm like looking in the mirror like, I don't know what you're seeing, but, you know. <laughs> but he doesn't look at me as an object to be taken okay and there's guys out there that do and then we think we have to or we're not going to be loved but i would rather have a man love me for me and not just a pleasure i can give to him and i had to learn that because i used to give myself away i did i gave myself to men before I ever got married because I you know I was looking for love uh, love is that's a special gift that comes out of love okay it's not what gives you, you understand what I'm saying I mean it all is intertwined but when you understand it in the different you know as far as the other subject Thank you. The self thing. God had to, had to deliver me of that. I had a problem. And I used to take care of myself because I had a problem. And it was an addiction. And God had to break me free of it. And what broke me free of it is when I realized he was watching me. I was like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm not. That scared me. But see, God will use what he knows will work with you and that's what worked with me knowing that he was watching what I was doing broke me free from it I was like that's it nope and I have I don't do that you can't and and you know what it's feeding the flesh it's a desire it's a love-hate thing you'll like it but then you hate it when you're done it's just like pornography it's it is it is it's an addiction you like it at the moment then you feel nasty because you watched it or you did it or whatever and it's the flesh, and it's the enemy, and um, God can break you free of that. So amen to that. And I'm going to start where you left off as far as, um, you know, be fruitful and multiply is, is a commandment God gave us, at having dominion. And I believe that the sexual conduct is an instinct. We have, secure, we have social, unity, fellowship, security, our needs being uh, our, our shelter, our food, all that stuff. And then we have sexual instincts. And I believe, like, look at how the animals are. And we just spoke about this in Kingdom Recovery. Animals just know how to be led by, by the Lord, by God, how they were created. They don't think about sex all day and all night. They, 
they are seasoned, they, they know when to mate, they know, right? And we also, God, if it's not blessed, it's not going to do what it needs to, what that act is supposed to be doing, right? And God unites us so that we can be fruit, fruitful and multiply the kingdom of God, not myself. It's a, it's a self thing. And God says even in the, the Bible that that's one of the worst sins because we're defiling him. When we, even if it's self-pleasure or another person, we're soul tying to people. And that's dangerous. It's demonic and it's dangerous. And I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but God gives us gifts, right? When we make a surrender, a sacrifice, he will replace it with the gift of celibacy. I don't think about it. I've been, it, I've been celibate. I was a sex addict. I, you know, I had all those those thoughts and everything, and it was always about pleasing the flesh, myself. How can I get out of me? We're all looking for love in all the wrong places, and until we receive Jesus Christ, the only tr God, God's love inside of us, we're going to keep searching. And we can't say that we love Jesus and then go and cheat on him. Okay? If I don't learn how to marry God first, then how am I supposed to learn how to marry the man he chooses for me? He sends to me, right? Amen. So it's a practice, and, it, and it's like what you were saying. All of us, it takes action. I can't activate something. I could think all day long about going to New York, but unless I buy a ticket, get up, go to the airport, get on the plane, I won't get there. So I have to make a conscious decision to say to myself, God, help me with this, and, and, and even... You know, whether you're a smoker or anything, let's just use yeah. it, let's use it in a different terms, okay? Whether you're a smoker, thank you for making me a non-smoker. He didn't create us that way. He created us to be fruitful and multiplying dominion. You know, I look at my dogs and it's becoming more and more obvious to me. They are two male, and I'm not saying this, listen, the world is messed up. But they're two, two males and they are looking for territory all the time. So are we, because we, we are born to want dominion and be fruitful and multiply. So they hump each other all day and all night. And I'm like, look at this. This is like what I was doing before I knew Christ. I was going around trying to hump everybody. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. It was like, you know, just saying. That was saying a lot. I have, I have two things to add Listen, to that. I never, I'm sorry, I've never heard of it like that when you said it's like cheating on Jesus. I was like, whoa, because I think when I, when I read again, it says how people think it's okay. I think, honestly, just like you say, with cigarette smoke or anything, I think people just, in general, it's a struggle. And until people receive the true revelation about it, they don't understand it. And that's, that's what it's with stealing. It's with lying. It's with sex. It's with, you know, everything is a struggle. And whoever is dealing with it just has to, you know, like we say, be honest. Go to the Lord. Help me get delivered from this. Help me get, I don't want to do this. I don't want to cheat on you, Jesus. I don't want to, because I think some people just, there. some people are probably going, it's okay, I don't care. But there are some I know who do it and who hate it and don't want to because they don't have the revelation about it. Um, so that's what I, I definitely say. There's no condemnation. None. Here. God knows our heart. Yes. And if you really are, have a, a remorseful heart and a, a repentive heart, even if sometimes you fall yeah. short of the glory, yeah. he forgives us. Yeah. Okay? He knows that you're trying and you want him more than you want that other thing. But your flesh eventually, you see, that's why the spirit and then the soul is the renewing of the mind. If my, my spirit is whole 
everybody's spirit's whole once you come into the kingdom of, of God, okay? Yeah. It's your soul that needs to be renewed. And then from there, your body will transform. Yeah. Okay, but the mind needs to speak to the body, the flesh, because yeah. the flesh dictated my whole entire life. It made whatever I felt I, I had to please in some way, whether it was by abandoning it or grabbing it. Okay? I, I still remember that time, I think I said a couple weeks ago, how Creflo said that he was with the guy and the guy kept smoking weed. And the guy was smoking weed, but he was saying, I'm the righteousness of God, smoking weed. And he just kept doing it, speaking of himself, till he got that revelation that went click, click, and he's about to smoke weed. He got. I don't need to smoke this weed anymore because I am the righteousness of God, right? So we just pray that, you know, everybody, whatever they're dealing with the struggle, did you get true revelation on it to get delivered from it? Some people get instantly delivered. Some people got to walk it out, okay? The, the end thing, the end um, result is deliverance, <laughs> you know? So we'll ask a few more because I don't want to take too much of your time. We'll ask one or two more. Let me see. What's this one? Oh, where's Heather? Oh, hi, Heather. Sorry. It was real quick. Just two things. Okay. One, bondage. Two, generational curses. So that's what it does. It opens a door that is not easily be closed. Okay, some wrote, when you see a random stranger or homeless person walking or a child that looks hungry, what's a simple prayer to say? I'll just pray in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the simplest prayer I think of. You don't have to make something happen or make it up. You just pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you just, oh, yeah. No, you went to French Quarter. Oh, yeah, it's spelled my, like P and we up in there. Yeah. <laughs> you go down French Quarter. Um, my daughter saw a lady. I didn't see her going down the street. We were coming up here for church on Wednesday. I didn't see her. I don't know how I didn't see her, but I was driving, and I guess she was walking on the sidewalk. Her hair was... I guess all a mess. My daughter said she had no shoes on. Her clothes were ripped. And my mom's like, well, or not my mom. My daughter's like, Mom, you know, what, what, what happened to that lady? And I'm like, where is she? You know, I'm like, where, where was she? You know, and of course, by the time. So I said, well, we need to pray for her. You know, that God, whatever she's going through is going to heal her, protect her, deliver her. Everything that you would want for a family member or somebody that you love, pray for the homeless person the same way. And if God tells you to do something for them, obviously do it. But if you can't, your words are powerful. So when you act, you know, activate them by speaking it just like God spoke things into existence, you're speaking that for that person's life. Whether you ever get to see anything come to pass or not, your words went forth out of love for that person and caring for that person of whatever they're going through for God to help them or send somebody their way. And, and you know, I was home, and I'm not saying, listen, I, yeah, there were times I was homeless because I chose to be, okay? But we're, we were all, before we came into the kingdom, homeless, hungry, widowed, orphaned. We all, because we didn't have Jesus. We didn't have him as our Lord and Savior, right? But somebody was praying for me, maybe not even in this country. So when we get woken up, we send ministering angels. Angels work for us. They're there. God gave us angels so that they can minister to people. So we send them out to minister. We a bit there, but for the grace of God, go I. If it, you know, so we pray that there are um, there are uh, laborers that can speak into their life. We can't save the. I mean, God saved the world already. But where that's why Jesus had to be crucified because he needed his seed all over the world. I'm one person. I can't do it, but us together with the seed of Christ can do it. 
Okay, so we pray for other people to be able to step into those people's lives if we can't do it. We'll end with this. If um, a couple of you can talk about a time when you were struggling with something and how God brought you through it. If you can think of something for a few minutes. You can talk about cash. I think we was all going through it with, with cash, but Becky, that was, listen, I say this, get the, get the mic, Becky. She's going to tell her, her, her testimony about this. But when they were dealing with um, their grandson, I was like, they couldn't be, you and, and PT couldn't have been just casual Christians with what was coming against the family. Like, they had to be straight up, on fire, spending time with the Lord, trusting God, speaking the word. Um, when, the, when the report was coming against them differently and contrary to the word, they had to go against that and to continue to stand. It's emotionally draining, um, physically draining when you're going through a struggle because you're, like, wondering, where's the breakthrough? What is happening? So that's why I'm like, let's... I think people need to hear that because some of you might be dealing with a struggle now and you're wondering what, when, what's going on here, okay? And how do we get out of this? So they've been through struggles. They're going to show you how they got out of it. I can tell you for us several years ago, we were having a, a family crisis and we didn't know what, it was new to us. It was like, what's happening? We, we didn't know how to respond. I had to come and preach um, that Sunday when I was dealing with some serious stuff. And it was hard, but I still came and did it and trust God, even though I didn't know and, and pray and cry and get mad at God and cry <laughs> and then trust God again. I'm just being very real because we're not just always, yes, Lord, you're going to hit. It was, it was tough. Okay. But the, the ultimate thing I said, you know what, Lord, I have to trust you with this fully. I can't trust you in this area and not the other areas. I have to trust you fully with our family, fully with finances, fully with everything. I can't say I trust you, you're my Lord and Savior if I'm not saying you're my Lord and Savior of every area of my life. So when I finally laid it all down and said, Lord, whatever happens, however it happens, I just trust you because I just know your word says this and your word says this and your word says this. Now it's up to you. You said it. I didn't say it. You said it. And once that happened, then I saw a complete like turnaround of things start to change. And I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, but then your word is true. Even though I was having meltdowns and crying because <laughs> I'm a woman crying and you know, all that stuff. And it was like, the Lord was like, how are you going to keep crying about this? Oh, I'm not going to cry. Okay. And I had a few women. I tell you that I went to say, I need you to pray and cover me and my family. A few women, everyone didn't know what was going on. Just a few. And that few, that, that godly proud helped me and my family get through. So I'll just say that. Go ahead, Becky. You know, being going through a lot of things and seeing people go through a lot mm -hmm. of things, um, when you do go through some things and you, you stand in and you're praying, and it's kind of a priority at that time. Nothing really really is more important than your relationship with God and whatever miracle you're waiting to, to, to answer, really. Your, your mind is 24-7 on it. On it. Yep. So you know you're constantly on God, and it's like, okay, I've got a project to do or whatever. But until you get, until you get the answer, until you get the miracle, you're going to keep you're just going to keep praying through it. You're just going to keep interceding. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep standing on the word until that miracle happens. Um, it was, um, but I have, I have to say, 
I have so much compassion for women that have that went through something like that. I think opens the doors of such more compassion that you mm-hmm. you, you never knew you had so much love and more compassion. Mm-hmm. You think sometimes you're like, I love everybody. I want them to happy. I want to see them succeed and and happy in their lives and their children and everything. But you now know the compassion. You have such compassion for people that are struggling with certain areas in your life. And you're not going to give up until you get that that answer from God. Yeah. So I'll have to say, like, God really brought me through when I was studying for my undergrad degree. I was super stressed I was sleep deprived and I just started like dealing with a lot of health and medical issues Um, it was hard for me to walk it was hard for me to eat and digest things and so and then also like the enemy started trying to come against me with like um, low self-esteem and like things like that so when I was just feeling like really down about that I was just could barely walk around campus and like I went to countless doctors and they didn't know what was happening and I was like you know what God I know the only one who can help me is you so I just really have to like put my trust in you I just have to um, get in the word and also like tell people like like you said like told my mom like told my sister like for people to pray for me to pray for me and stand with me and I literally just had to worship my way through it Mm -hmm. because it was just like it was really tough and I just feel like like worship really just brought me through it and prayer. And there, there was one time where I was in my room and I was like, God, could you please help me? I feel alone. And it was just really hard. So I remember this one day. Sorry, I just felt an overwhelming presence of God and after that day I just felt so happy I had like joy my stress was like gone because I just had to give the whole situation to God and it was just like a beautiful thing like when you ask God for peace he's going to give it to you Praise God. All right, Jamie. He just sure does. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Thank you for being transparent with us. So praise God. Um, I I too, you know, have recently been going through when when I I've learned through time with the Lord and um through learning about healing in the word. You know, I've gone through it several times especially the healing, the, the spirit of infirmity, the, the enemy's going to try to t- attack our weakest places, you know, and, um, and that's what it is. So for me, it was infirmity, and I just came through something, and, not, and, not, and this time it wasn't about standing on the word because I needed to believe it, because I already believed the word. It was standing on the word because other people needed to see it. It was... It was being the word, you know, of what God talks about in healing. So as I was going through my last bout of um, finding a lump, 
getting surgery. Nobody knew. I, I was running groups. I was happy. I, I, it was not, it was a spiritual thing. It wasn't a head thing anymore. It wasn't a physical thing. I literally felt peace through all the, the doctor's reports, through the emergency we got to operate right now, all the stuff. I couldn't go to New York. There was no self-pity. It was like, let's just get this done. There's a reason, you know, for me, it was really to glorify God. I never, I don't look at it as, why is this happening to me anymore? I look at it as, what's the opportunity, God, in this, right? So I stood on certain scripture, and I shared with two people because I needed a prayer team. I didn't need to call my whole family and start gossiping because we have to be careful who we let in because they don't know. It's not their fault. Lots of times they don't even realize their worry causes us more harm. We need to be very careful. And if we're going to walk out our faith, and the faith is kingdom mentality, right? What am I believing? I need to walk and be that. Then I have to practice that in all his principles, his virtues, in all my affairs. So it's very hard sometimes to not tell everybody because you want the pity potty team. You know, you want to be able to murmur and complain. That was a big one for me. And now I worship and glorify him because murmuring and complaining was a great thing. It was like, why am I going through this? You know, and, and just standing on, I, I, I don't only, I practice what I preach. If I say, you know, you know whatever I, I say, I practice what I preach. So I had to get some scriptures. And I have them on my phone. I have them on, I had them on, I still have them. On my computer, I have them. Because day and night, I had to stand on those scriptures. I have them on my mirror. I had them on, I put them on Rocco's, so when he's up by his computer, he can say them. I gave them to certain people. When I did let my family know about it, whether they're Christian or not, I gave them scripture. If you want to help me, say these scriptures for me. And that's all, how can I, what can I get you? Nothing, just say those scriptures. And you know what? It didn't matter what the outcome was. I was already, I'm already healed, I'm whole, and I don't, it doesn't matter if I die today, tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I live eternal. So fear, I don't fear death, I don't fear sickness, because it has no power, it's already been defeated, exactly. God, Jesus won the victory, and I stand on that. Okay, so, um, I've been through a lot in my life, my 40-something years. I can never remember exactly how old I am. Um, <laughs> am I the only one? No, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. With having, you know, a child out of wedlock, getting married, trying to make it right, having more kids in an abusive marriage, being adopted, being kidnapped, being all this stuff that happened to me in my life. Um, been through a lot, but I realized that a lot of things that happen to me now don't really happen to me. They happen to, to people that are close to me and around me. And so I try to take on, I think, in my flesh that I'm going to take on this responsibility of fixing it for them. And I cannot. And one thing that I'm learning is that I can't fix anybody else's situation, not even my grown adults' situations. But what I can do is when God tells me to pray, pray. When he tells me what to speak, I speak it. When they come to me and ask me for advice, I speak truth. They don't always want to hear it. Truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to keep being truthful, and I'm going to keep connecting with the Holy Spirit, and I do call certain people. Kelly knows a lot about my situation. I call a lot of people um, to pray with me, to pray 
you know, and then I let it go. And whenever I pick it back up, that's when I start stressing about it. And that's when I know I need to let it go and just be, if I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit, I'm doing everything that ho- that God tells me to do. That's all I can do. And the rest is up to him. And that's it. Um, I don't know really where to begin because I've been on quite a bit of a journey for years and years and years. Um, I did actually just recently get delivered from the spirit of fear and let me tell you that's a nasty little thing right there that spirit of fear will have you afraid of things that will never ever happen and will lie to you and all kinds of stuff and I lived afraid a big one growing up was what would people think because I was shunned a lot as a kid because I had a personality where if I had something to say not out of meanness you know out as a joke or something I would always be like shh you can't laugh you can't do this be quiet this that whatever you know just da 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 and I was it was kind of like I had a very loud I was a cheerleader I just want to you know, now that I know my calling, which I didn't really know. I mean, I always wanted to teach. I lined up my dollies, and I'd teach in my bedroom, and I'd teach them. And, you know, I, I just now that I know for a fact, because God showed me in the Word, I just, I'm, I'm ready. I just want to speak it. And I understand why the enemy used people close to me to shut my mouth, to make me be quiet. Because And then all of a sudden, I know you guys have known me for a long time. I've been here ten and a half years. I'm very, very quiet. Don't say much. I don't really open up much. But God's working on me in that area. And he's using certain people to, that I can trust. And I'm slowly getting there. But I'm getting there. You know what I mean? But that spirit of fear, anything like that that comes against you will... You know what I mean? I mean, I, I've sat, I, I don't know if any of you guys have done that, but I've sat in my living room about to make a decision and thought of somebody that doesn't even live in my home, what would they think? Who's ever done that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and one day I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to make that decision because I feel that's right in my home. Or, you know, I, why do I care what they think? And God had to show me that. But it's a fear that you have of they're going to persecute you, judge you, talk about you, whatever. But if you're making the right decision through God, it doesn't matter what they think. Okay, God tells us we're going to be persecuted for doing right. Now, come on, the stuff out there in the world, bad's now good, and good is now bad, and it's so twisted and messed up. So I've had to... Through all the things that I've gone through, a lot of spiritual things, attacks from the enemy on my mind, attacks from the enemy on my body, a lot of things um, come against me. I've had to hold on to God with every bit that I had, even if it felt like all I had was a string. Brittany talked about that, a talon, a little hook. Just just hold on with what you got. 
And that has held and has gotten me through a lot of stuff in these past years is holding on to God with every ounce that I've got. Even in the moment that I'm doubting him, I will speak. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I'll tell the Lord, I know that you're real. I don't know what this is. And I don't, I'm rebuking this right now. And you got to stand on that stuff no matter what. Because soon as you believe that, it's going to take root. So anything that comes against you, I don't care how long it takes. And I've been on a journey for some years now. You stand on the word of God. You use your mouth. You rebuke it right there. Don't wait till the next day. Don't wait till you're going to go pray that night. You say it in your mind if you have to. If you're around somebody, you don't want to be embarrassed. Just take care of it right then and there, and you hold on to God with everything you got. And then my mother-in-law back there, I love her. She's wonderful. She's like, you've got to be like a dog with a bone that won't give it up. No matter who's trying to take it out of your mouth, because that's what the enemy wants to do, is take it from you. And you got to hold on with everything you've got. And then you will have the victory, no matter if you think you're not getting there yet. No matter how many days it takes, how many weeks, months, I'm in years now. You hold on, because there is victory. Amen? Yeah. I was going to say, can we go ahead and give a clap, just a hand clap of praise for the panel? Thank you all for doing this for us. Can we thank our sound guy who's quietly still here, Cody? Cody, you the best. Thank you, Cody. Um, and just thank you guys. Thank you for being real. Thank you for giving kingdom answers. Thank you for being uh, godly women. Thank you. And just thank you for um, every time my ideas or the Lord's ideas start doing crazy stuff, you guys are all like on board. <laughs> They're on board. And thank you all for being here and, and staying. And I hope you are blessed by this. And not just something that you're like, oh, my gosh, okay. But really blessed by this, okay? Um, Becky, can you pray us out? Father, I just thank you for each woman here and their families and their lives. Father, just pour in the wisdom that they need to live in their everyday life. Father, give them the direction of the Holy Ghost to touch and feel the presence of you every day of their life. Feel your love. Feel your just feel your peace. Feel your power when we need it. Feel your joy, joy everlasting. Father, I just thank you. I thank you that it touched each and every life. I feel healing in this place, emotional, physical. Father, there is there is so much love that you have poured out in our lives. Let us just continue and pouring out in others' lives. Let us be the vessel that you want for us. Oh, I just, I can only say thank you. <laughs> I can only say I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful for every one of you because your lives touch so many other people. And thank you, and I praise you in the name of Jesus.